Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, June 17th, 2022. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Especially this weekend for two reasons. One, it's Father's Day weekend, so celebrate accordingly. Dads, get yourself an extra beer, pour yourself an extra shot, have an extra pitcher of margaritas, or roll that extra doobie. It's your weekend. And number two, today, June 17th, is my youngest granddaughter's birthday. That's right. I am a grandfather. Can you fucking believe that I'm somebody's grandfather? That today I'm going to pick the phone up and call somebody and have them go, Hey, Grandpa! And I'm going to go, Hey, how you doing? Happy birthday! Still mind-blowing to me that I'm anybody's grandfather, let alone two people's grandfather. My other grandchild's birthday is in August. We'll deal with that then. Right now it's my youngest grandchild's birthday, and uh, she's excited as hell. Uh, So there are your two reasons to have uh, margaritas at the end of this particular week. Now, before we get into the shit that we're going to talk about this week, as I always do, a little bit of housekeeping for the people who are new to the podcast. First and foremost, if you are new to the podcast, uh, this is an amateur podcast. It's done in my home office. You can hear the fan going in the background. You, you might hear my dogs bark. You might hear my kid who's home on summer break come knock on the door and go, Hey, uh, can I have uh, X, Y, and Z? Uh, it, it is what it is. It, it's not meant to be a finished, polished product being produced in some uh, professional studio somewhere. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit. So... Uh, Just roll with any background noises you happen to hear. Uh, Number two, if you're finding me for the very first time, chances are that you don't know about my website. So if you have an opportunity to, swing by oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippiemedia.com. That's my website, and it's going to provide you with any information you want on me. It's going to give you links on where you can follow me on all the various social media sites. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Clapper, uh, Snapchat, all of it. It's also going to give you a link uh, to my merch store. I have over 400 items available to choose from. T-shirts and phone cases and face masks and aprons and, 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 and wine tumblers and, and travel mugs. and You fucking name it. Hoodies and we got it. It's also going to give you a link uh, to where you can buy my first two books. Yes, I self-publish books. My first book is entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and it is the tale of the first 45 years of my life. My second book is entitled Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020, and it's a collection of 77 letters that I wrote to my wife in the form of humorous Facebook posts while our state of Illinois was on lockdown. Uh, Both of those are available once again in paperback or ebook formats at oldhippymedia.com. Uh, You're going to find a link on where you can book me on Cameo. I do video shout-outs for you. So if you want to send Dad a happy Father's Day video, we can do that this weekend. 
if you want to send somebody a congratulations on the promotion or uh, congratulations on the new child, we can do that this weekend. Uh, if you just want me to send a video shout-out to somebody telling them that their, uh, their, their pizza sucks, their football team blows Rhino, or that Trump actually lost, I can do that for you. That's all available, once again, at oldhippymedia.com. Uh, just click the Cameo button. Uh, but you can also find a link there on where you can subscribe to my Patreon. If you like this podcast, which is free and usually airs every Friday, I do bonus content bonus podcast episodes over on Patreon for the low, low price of $4.20 every month. If you know, you know. I usually do uh, uh, an extra podcast episode every other week on that uh, uh, platform, and those podcast episodes, I generally keep politics free, and I end each one with a different personal story from my past. Once again, that's my Patreon subscription service for $4.20 a month. Um, You can find that link with all the other links that I mentioned, once again, at my website, oldhippymedia.com. And we're going to stop with that because I don't like to turn this into a whole infomercial. Uh, I got to mention it because those are the things that I plug, but uh, I got a whole bunch of other shit to talk about every week, and we don't need to turn this into a massive commercial for Tom. So, this is where we typically get into the news stories of the week. I have not done a podcast in the last couple of weeks uh, because I had my right hip replaced uh, about a week ago. Now, I'm going to end this episode by talking to you about that hip replacement. We're not going to talk to you about it here at the beginning of the news stories. We're going to go ahead and dive into some of the actual news stories and... um, We're going to talk about the hip replacement at the end of the episode, so stick around to hear that. Uh, I I pulled just a couple of news stories. I didn't want to take too long today. We might still get to an hour, which is our average time here, but uh, I I can only do so much in a day. I've got to get up. I've got to walk. I've got to do my physical therapy. I actually have to go lay down. They tell me I have to. Can you fucking believe that shit? But we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway. Uh, first news story up, to, uh, up, for, up for bids is one that isn't really talked about a lot, uh, and that's the fact that the SEC, the Security and Exchange Co- Securities and Exchange Commission, are investigating the Truth Social merger. Truth Social, of course, being Donald Trump's um, new social media platform. The government has expanded its inquiry into the proposed merger of Donald Trump's Truth Social and SPAC planning to bring it to the public. Digital World Acquisition Corporation, otherwise known as DWAC, in a filing with the SEC, said securities regulators are seeking additional uh, documents and information about the proposed merger. Specifically, authorities are interesting, uh, interested in, quote, communications regarding and due diligence of potential targets other than Trump's company. They were looking to bring a company, a social media company, to public, and they're wondering if they talked with anybody else other than Trump uh, to bring any other platform other than Truth Social to the public. The investigation into the merger was previously announced, but this is kind of a, a new sign that authorities are stepping up their examination. The focus of the review seems to be on whether the two sides negotiated before 
DWAC went public, which would be illegal. DWAC shares surged last October when news broke that the special purpose uh, acquisition company would be bringing Truth Social into public markets, and it gained 400% in a single day. DWAC began trading in September, and quote, any resolution of the investigation could result in the imposition of significant penalties, injunctions, prohibitions on the conduct of Digital World's business, damage to its reputation, and other sanctions against Digital World, the company said in the filing. Trump's deal with DWAC gives him virtual, uh, virtually unlimited power within the company structure, of course, not generally speaking. A previous filing noted that no personal or political conduct could be considered uh, uh, terms of a breach of agreement, even if it was, quote, dishonest, illegal, immoral, or unethical. It's fucking amazing uh, that these people continuously believe that they have the ability and the right to sidestep the law. Basically, what this is saying is, is that when Trump was negotiating with somebody to bring his new platform to the public, uh, he had a certain obligation to negotiate a certain way, and they went around those obligations to negotiate behind closed doors to maximize the stock price once they went public, and that's illegal. Now, are any of us surprised that Der Muskfuhrer would conduct business illegally? Seems to be pretty on-brand for Trump, but yet another legal issue that Trumplandia is facing. Speaking of legal issues that Trumplandia is facing, can we turn our attention briefly to the January 6th committee? Uh, there was a Republican, or a Republican representative, who gave tours of uh, stairwells and tunnels and hallways the day before the insurrection, yet he claims he never did. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th assault on the Capitol released new surveillance footage on Wednesday showing GOP Representative Barry Loudermilk leading a group of people on a tour of the Capitol complex the day before the attack, with some of the guests taking uh, photographs and documenting locations like staircases, security checkpoints, and hallways. Now, typically what you see when you go on uh, a tour of the Capitol is... Uh, the historical stuff, the documents, the paintings, the sculptures, the offices, the rotundra, uh, those are the things that most people document. These people were interested in dark hallways and security checkpoints. The committee asked Loudermilk last month for information about the tour he led of the Capitol complex before the assault, and Loudermilk denied he ever gave a tour of the Capitol. Uh, by the way, the uh, Capitol on January 5th, when Loudermilk did give this tour, it was actually closed to tourists due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Just to complete the picture for you. After a review of security footage, the U.S. Capitol Police determined last month that there was, quote, no evidence, end quote, that Loudermilk led the group into the Capitol and said, quote, we do not consider any of the activities we observed as suspicious. But the committee suggested otherwise in a letter to Loudermilk on Wednesday. The new footage shows the congressman leading a tour of approximately 10 individuals into areas of the Rayburn, Longworth, and Cannon House office buildings, as well as entrances to tunnels leading to the U.S. Capitol. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson 
uh, said that uh, this new footage is damning, uh, damning and uh, irrefutable. The group stayed for, quote, several hours, and some photographed and recorded, as we said, uh, the areas of the complex not typically of interest to tourists. Some of the individuals on the tour uh, would uh, ultimately wind up joining the January 6th insurrection, uh, starting out at the rally near the White House and eventually making their way down to the Capitol building. In one video, one of the men walking from the, uh, the rally to the Capitol building made some pretty disturbing threats against various members of Congress. The select committee, quote, this is, what the, this is one of the quotes from the uh, story, the select committee has learned that some individuals uh, you sponsored, uh, this was Barry Loudermilk, into the complex, attended the rally at the Ellipse uh, on the morning of January 6, 2021. According to the video recordings from that day obtained by the select committee, the individual, uh, individual who appeared to photograph a staircase in the Longworth, Longworth House office building filmed a companion with a flagpole appearing to have a sharpened end who spoke to the camera saying, quote, it's for a certain person, end quote, while making an aggressive stabbing motion. Later, these individuals joined the unpremeditated march on the ellipse uh, to the U.S. Capitol. While standing near the Capitol grounds, the same individual made a video that contained detailed and disturbing threats against specific members of Congress. Quote, in the week following January 6, 2021, members urged law enforcement leaders to investigate sightings of outside groups in the complex on January 5, 2021, that appeared to be associated with the rally at the White House the following day. The Select Committee's review of surveillance footage showing the above-described tour is consistent with those observations. The video recording from January 6th released by the committee appears to show one of the men from the tour making threats against Democratic members of Congress. Quote, we're coming in like white on rice, the individual says on video. For Pelosi, this is a quote, for Pelosi, Nadler, Schumer, even you, AOC, we're coming to take you out. We'll pull you out by your hairs. It's all on tape. It's all on video. Loudermilk has declined to meet with the committee and harshly criticized the release of the footage in a statement on Wednesday. Quote, this false narrative that the committee and Democrats continue to push that Republicans Republicans, including myself, led reconnaissance tours, is verifiably false. Nowhere that I went with the visitors in the House office buildings on January 5th were breached on January 6th. And to my knowledge, no one in that group was criminally charged in relation to the January 6th incident, he said. Quote, once again, the committee released this letter to the press and did not contact me. This type of behavior is irresponsible and has real consequences, including ongoing death threats to myself, my family, and my staff. But it's not false. You first said that you never held the fucking tour on January 5th, and now you're saying it's no big deal because those areas weren't breached. A constituent of Loudermilk who was on the January 5th tour has spoken to the January 6th committee and told CBS News that he came to Washington, D.C. for the Trump rally with other constituents who were in touch with Loudermilk. The constituents denied that it was a, quote, reconnaissance tour. Quote, that's the furthest thing from the truth, this person said. 
Quote, quite frankly, it's disgusting. It was January 5th and nobody had any idea what would happen on January 6th. Yeah? Because January 6th seemed to be pretty fucking planned out. We got a whole bunch of people pleading guilty to that effect. The constituents said they didn't go into the Capitol building. Quote, Representative Loudermilk gave us a tour of his office, and I don't, I don't know exactly what buildings uh, there were, uh, they were in and what it was. I was very excited to meet a representative of Congress. I was quite impressed with the life of a congressman and the amount of work they do. What? Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here, you domestic terrorists, cocksucker. Oh, we just took a tour of his office. It's his office in the dark stairwells uh, showing you the entrance to the tunnels that lead to the fucking Capitol building? Is that where his office is? And what happened to I never led any uh, uh, tour on January 5th? How did it go from, no, that never happened to, oh, shit, they got the tape. Well, yeah, but that wasn't the area that was breached, so it's no fucking big deal. Listen, you motherfuckers. You're all on video. All of you. The day before the day of, the weeks and months leading up to it, you idiots videoed all of it. You don't get to deny it now. Representative Loudermilk should be brought up on charges immediately. Immediately. He aided and abetted enemies of this state. By the way, uh, another representative that showed up for that exact tour to answer any questions people might have, Lauren Boebert. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren Boebert. And if you haven't heard about Lauren Boebert this week, uh, there is a super PAC um, that is dedicated to taking down the far right wing Republicans. It's the super PAC that produced all of the information uh, that brought Madison Cawthorn down. All the videos, all the photographs, all the back history of Madison Cawthorn. And uh, um, uh, now they've set their sights on other members of uh, Congress. The first one up, Lauren Boebert. Uh, they've talked about eventually going after Dan Crenshaw, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, But so far, they've gone after Madison Cawthorn and now Lauren Boebert. And what they've uncovered... <clears throat> is that Lauren Boebert, at one point in time, was an unlicensed escort uh, working for an online service, uh, met some pretty wealthy clientele during her line of work, and had to get a couple of abortions as a result of her line of work. Now, here's where we need to stop the conversation and make sure that we bullet point a couple of things that are important to bullet point. One, I don't give a shit that she's got two abortions under her belt. Not one bit. That is your medical choice. You should be free to make that decision. And I will fight next to you 
for your freedom to make sure you can make those decisions. And two, I don't give a shit that you worked as a sex worker. We need to start normalizing sex worker. If people are able to make ends meet by showing their clapper on, uh, on, on OnlyFans, then fucking go get it done. Earn that paper. You want to fuck on film and get paid thousands of dollars? I got no fucking problem with that. That's work as far as I'm concerned. Where the issue comes into play, Lauren, is you trying to legislate the morality behind your decisions onto other people. You don't want other people to be able to have the same freedom that you had to make the same medical decisions that you had. And now you're getting all pissy that this information's out in the public. Well, how does it feel? How does it feel to have the government poking around in your private medical affairs? See, the problem here, Lauren, is that you're a hypocritical bucket of dog shit. Not that you had an abortion. Not that you were once a sex worker. Hell, you were probably better at the sex work than you are at making laws. You might want to go back to it. Suck a few more dicks, make a little bit more money. I don't know. Seems to me you're making plenty of money, though, because uh, your net worth is $42 million, which is a lot of money, I got to say, for somebody that doesn't do $42 million worth of work in a year. I'm wondering why the Republicans aren't asking where you got all your money. Anyway, I digress. In addition to the fact that she was once a sex worker and got a couple of abortions, it came out that uh, in 2019, she... uh, met with one of her more lucrative clients, which happened to be a member of an undisclosed member so far of the Koch family. And it was also in 2019 that that Koch family member introduced her to Senator Ted Cruz. Now, keep in mind, this is when she was a sex worker, not when she's uh, thinking about running for Congress. This is before she ever thought about running for any office. So she had a meeting privately with Ted Cruz. And she said she was so inspired by Ted Cruz that after that meeting, she decided to run for Congress. And don't you know that right out of the gate, this virtual unknown high school dropout, which I am too, not ripping her for that. I'm painting the entire picture here for you. This virtually unknown high school dropout who's dumber than a bag of fucking hammers got $126,000 from Ted Cruz to launch her campaign. Really? You just, boom, $126,000 to a virtual unknown in Colorado? The only tie that you guys have is is a 2019 secret meeting when she was a sex worker? Listen, it doesn't take a whole bunch of gray matter to begin to connect these fucking dots, okay? Lauren Boebert fucked Ted Cruz at some point in time and got paid for it. And she better have gotten paid for it because it's Ted fucking Cruz, Okay? Listen, Lauren, if somebody happens to play this podcast for you, God bless you. You're you're stronger than I am. I don't think I could ever uh, tolerate seeing Ted Cruz naked, let alone sucking on that dick. But just be honest. Here's how it went down, isn't it? 
just just to be honest, just answer this question. You met Ted Cruz, you fucked Ted Cruz, he paid you for it, then you said, you know what, I'm going to run for office. And the first person you called was Ted Cruz, and you said, I need some money. And Ted went, what are you, fucking nuts? Forgive me, that's my water pouring in the background. Ted said, what are you, fucking nuts? You're a momo. I'm Ted fucking Cruz. Pound sand. And she went, hey, remember that time I sucked your balls? I'm going to tell the world about it. And then Teddy went, so was 126000 good for you? Jesus fucking Christ, man. Donnie paid less to fuck a porn star. It cost you $126,000 to fuck some piece of white trash from Colorado? I hope the pussy was good. That's a, that's a hefty price tag, man. Lauren Bobert's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Madison Cawthorn went down. Now they're going to take Lauren Bobert down. Uh, word around, uh, around the campfire is they've got a ton, this, this super PAC dedicated to taking down these far right wingers, they've got a ton on insider trading information for Dan Crenshaw. And God only knows what they're going to produce on Matt Gates and Marjorie uh, Taylor Green. But damn, I'm going to have to order extra popcorn. Because they are bringing the fucking receipts. They are systematically taking down the worst of the worst. And I am here for every fucking second of it. Every fucking second of it. Let's jump back to the January 6th committee while we have a chance before we get into my hip replacement. Uh, the January 6th committee, believe it or not, are split as to whether or not to refer anyone for criminal charges. And that blows my mind, if I'm being completely honest with you. After nearly a year of presenting a relatively united front to the world, uh, divisions among the lawmakers on the House Committee uh, investigating the January 6th attack uh, are coming into view now. The chief disagreement revolves once again around one of the most closely watched questions the committee will face, whether to make any criminal referrals, particularly of former President Donald Trump. Chairman Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi, told reporters Monday evening um, that the committee would not be making a formal criminal referral to the Justice Department of the former president or anyone else. Quote, that's not our job, he said. Our job is to look at, uh, at the facts and the circumstances around January 6th, what caused it, and to make recommendations after that. Yeah, motherfucker, the recommendations are what gets done about the criminality you uncovered. Within minutes, uh, his declaration had prompted a flurry of responses that left no doubt that his panel was far from unanimous on that question. Quote, the January 6th Select Committee has not issued a conclusion regarding potential criminal referrals. We will announce a decision, a decision on that at an appropriate time, tweeted Thompson's vice chairman, uh, uh, chairwoman, my, uh, my apologies, Representative Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming. 
uh, Democratic representative of Virginia, Elaine Laurie, went further, tweeting, if criminal activity occurred, it is our responsibility to report that activity to the DOJ. Adam Schiff, all, Schiff also weighed in, saying uh, in an interview on CNN that the committee had yet to have a discussion on the issue, but apparently the... Uh, chairman of the committee took it upon himself to go out there and speak on behalf of the entire committee he thought Schiff said uh, uh, that any decision would have to wait until the investigation had concluded Uh, now the committee has been holding hearings and in each hearing members have struck uh, stuck to carefully crafted scripts uh, with uh, None of the typical sparring or crosstalk that you see in congressional inquiries. This has been a very polished presentation uh, by the January 6th committee to make sure that they hammer their point home. Uh, part of the information that we've learned in, in, in these in these hearings, Barr, uh, uh, former Attorney General Barr, and Ivanka, Donnie's daughter, have turned on Donnie in testimony, and Donnie's not happy about it. Uh, Trump on Friday rebuked his own daughter's deposition testimony, played for millions to hear during the House Select Committee's primetime hearings detailing the January 6th investigation. Posting the Truth Social, Trump continued to repeat false claims about the 2020 election as he mocked the committee's work and lashed out uh, at comments Ivanka Trump and former Attorney General Bill Barr made in videotaped depositions. Quote, Ivanka Trump was not involved in looking at or studying election results, Trump wrote after she had agreed with Barr's assessment that there was no amount of fraud sufficient enough to overturn his loss. Quote, it affected my perspective, Ivanka Trump told the committee about Barr's assessment. Quote, I respect Attorney General Barr, so I accepted what he was saying. Trump fired back. On Friday, that Ivanka, quote, had long since checked out and was, in my opinion, only trying to be respectful to Bill Barr in his position as Attorney General, adding that Bill Barr sucked with an exclamation point. Undoubtedly, a shift in tone uh, for Trump told, towards his eldest daughter. I mean, she could do no wrong for years. Now he's saying her testimony's wrong. Trump also condemned Barr as one of the, quote, most respected jurists in the nation. Uh, sorry, that's what he said about Barr uh, to begin with. But when Barr stepped down from his role as attorney general uh, in December 2020, uh, Trump lashed out at Barr saying, uh, initially he said that he had done a good job and he, had, uh, he was an outstanding attorney general and so forth and so on. Uh, but that tone has changed now, uh, saying that Bill Barr uh, was weak and frightened, was being backed into a corner would say anything, which is kind of amazing considering he's the one that picked Barr. Barr recounted telling Trump that the idea that the presidential race was rigged was bullshit. Barr said he, quote, repeatedly told the president in no uncertain terms that I did not see evidence of fraud and, you know, that would have affected the outcome of the election. And frankly, a year and a half later, I haven't seen anything to change my mind on that. Now, later on this week, uh, Thursday morning, 
uh, Trump was on Truth Social uh, yelling and screaming about getting equal time. He demands equal time. He's too stupid to understand what the equal time rule is about, so we're going to go ahead and explain it to him. The equal time rule is about candidates running for office getting equal time on a given news channel. You're not a candidate running for office. You haven't declared anything. And even if you did, nobody on the January 6th committee is your political opponent. Therefore, there's no equal time to give them. If you declare you're running for the presidency and uh, Fox News gives Ron DeSantis an hour-long slot to be able to tell everybody what it is he'd do if he was elected in 2024, then you could demand equal time. But first, you need a political opponent to have some airtime on a a TV station. And secondly, you need to actually fucking declare that you're running for something. Something you have not done, Donnie. And and we all know why you haven't done it. Because you've built your followers out of $250 million. And if you declare that you're now officially a candidate for 2024, all of that becomes campaign contributions subject to strict regulations on how you can use it. Until then, it's just just a bunch of idiots handing you their money. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. It's $250 million worth of gifts. Uh, more to the point, though, if you demand equal time within the January 6th Select Committee, why are you telling everybody in your inner circle to not comply with the subpoenas if you want equal time tell your people to go testify aren't those the people that would be telling your side of the story in that equal time you so righteously demand why not let these people go testify let them tell your side of the story for all to hear hell make it a stipulation that they could testify but only if it's broadcast live. I'm sure the January 6th committee would have no problem with it. That way you can ensure that none of it's edited, everybody hears what's being said in real time, and you get your side of the story out. But see, you're not interested in that, are you? You're not interested in having anybody from your camp testify under oath. How about this? If you demand equal time to tell your side of the story in the January 6th assault, why don't you testify? We'll make it prime time. We'll make it a live prime time event. You show up to testify, you'll have the biggest, best, most beautiful ratings ever. Just show up to testify. Show up to testify live, and you don't get to plead the fifth. You don't get to sit there and say, I, I invoke my Fifth Amendment right 157 times. Tell your side of the story. We dare you the January 6th committee is going to continue to have hearings they're going to continue continue to show their hearings uh, uh, to the world and they're going to continue to release and unleash never before seen footage and imagery from January 6th and my hope is when all is said and done that they refer Uh, to the Department of Justice, a slew of people for criminal complaints, including former President Donald Trump. 
Now, we're going to move on to some personal shit. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to light this doobie. Ease a little bit of my, my pain. Hang on. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness, that is some sweet sticky dick. Oh, wow, that is good. A nice flavor. Okay. As I was telling you at the top of the episode, and as you would already know if you follow me for any period of time, I had my right hip replaced. You're hearing this for the first time, this episode for the first time on Friday, June 17th. I had my hip replaced a week ago yesterday, so Thursday of last week. Um, I had been battling with doctors for about 15 months over some pain that I was experiencing in my right hip. Uh, I had uh, lost 61 pounds. And was on my way to uh, reaching my, my goal of about 230-235. Uh, my goal weight of 230-235. And uh, I hit a wall. I hit a weight loss wall. I, I, I kept working through that to try and see what I can do to continue to bring the weight off. But I, I hit a bit of a wall. Uh, the wall then led into quarantine shutdown. And... My treadmill broke at that point in time, my, my home treadmill. So now I didn't have anything to work out with here in the house. I had hit a wall. We were in quarantine. Couldn't go do a whole lot of shit. And I started to put the fucking weight back on. And I put fucking all of it back on. All 62 pounds. Then things started to loosen up in the, in the COVID world. Okay. Things started to open back up again, and I decided to go back to my local gym in replace of buying a new treadmill. Now, I will tell you what I really want is this state-of-the-art rowing machine that I saw, I keep seeing on TikTok. I forget what it's called, um, but holy shit, do I want one of these things. It's very fucking expensive. Don't anybody buy it for me. I'll figure out how to get it in due time. Uh, but it's a way of getting... so. The best workout I ever had in my life was kayaking. It, it works every fucking muscle in your body. And this is a way to bring some of that motion into the house during the wintertime when you're not able to do it. And I want that fucking machine. Anyway, I went back to the gym after things started to loosen up. And that's when I first started to get pain in my hip. And I thought that I tore something. Like, I went back to walking on the treadmill, but I didn't ease back into it, right? I went back and I put the incline and, and, and the speed right back to where I was after I had lost the 62 pounds and was rolling. And I thought that I overdid it and I tore something. And so I started talking to my doctor about it. And this began a long battle of trying to figure out what was wrong with me. It sent me for an x-ray. X-ray was fine. Still had the pain. Um, sent me to, to, to the physical therapist. Physical therapist worked me over one way, uh, up one way and down the other, uh, but they didn't know what they were treating, right? Physical therapists cannot be blamed for hurting me because they they were told, well, maybe he tore something. We don't know. <clears throat> Finally, 
uh, I get a referral to go see an orthopedic surgeon. I go to see the orthopedic surgeon. I get an MRI done. And the conclusion is that I have severe degenerative arthritis in my right hip. I didn't tear anything. I didn't rip anything. I didn't break anything. I just have, I'm breaking down. I'm a, I have really bad arthritis. So I say to the, the, the surgeon, what do we do? He goes, well, you know, that, that's, that kind of damage would, would typically call for a new hip. I go, okay, typically, but we're not going to do a new hip. He's like, well, you really are kind of young. We really prefer that you, uh, you you wait until you're 60 before you get a new hip. I was 49 at that time. I said, dude, I, I, can't, I can't live like this for 11 more years. I mean, I, I, if I had no choice, I would have no choice. But, dude, that's a lot to ask. 11 more years? You want me to, to live like this? So... Then he tells me, well, you're also a little bit overweight. We want you to at least try to lose some more weight so that you have a better chance of recovery. That I can understand. Waiting 11 years, not an option. So he gave me this pain pill. Didn't work. Gave me that pain pill. Didn't work. I increased my cannabis consumption. Didn't work. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't work. At one point in time, I... I think I bought uh, a lotion to go on there. That didn't work. I bought um, a cannabis extract to consume. That didn't work. Nothing worked. So he finally says, all right, we'll give you cortisone shots. Now, I wasn't interested in any of the pain pills. I I I don't give a fuck about pain pills. I am taking them now because I'm post-op. You know, they cut into me. Um... But I, I really don't like pain pills. Like, really don't like pain pills. So I was happy that the pain pills didn't work and that we weren't going to just leave me on pain pills for a minute. But then I still had the pain, and, and like I said, he wanted to do cortisone shots. So they gave me cortisone uh, cortisone shot in my hip uh, um, joint. I would lay back on a table flat, and they put a giant needle uh, in my hip joint uh on the front and they would inject they would numb it uh the area first and then inject it with cortisone they said that should last me three to six months lasted me under a month and you can't get another cortisone injection sooner than three months so i had to go two months of pain again till i get my second cortisone shot and i was like dude this isn't working. He's like, well, you got to lose some more weight, man. You got to lose some more weight. He goes, you've been showing that you have been losing weight, but you got to lose some more. I'm like, dude, I'm working on it, but how the fuck do you expect me to lose the weight that you want me to lose when I can't fucking move? I get calorie deficit, okay? I eat next to nothing as it is. So he gave me my second cortisone injection, sent me on my way. It lasted less than a month. I then did my research as to who the top uh, hip replacement surgeon at Rush was, and when I went in for my third cortisone shot, I said, all right, they, let's get this cortisone shot done so I at least have a month of pain-free living, relatively speaking, because it never got rid of all the pain. Uh, and I handed him a piece of paper. I go, this is the uh, the surgeon I'd like for you to get in contact with. Because at one point in time, he told me, 
that he would refer me to one of the teaching hospitals to be taken on as a test case. Maybe. So I said, here's the top hip surgeon at Rush. Can you reach out to him and find out if he'll take me as a case? He goes, I know that guy. I worked with that guy. I studied with that guy, under that guy. Oh, great. So you can call him. He goes, here's the deal. You've shown us that you're, you've lost uh, uh, some of that weight. You've shown us that you're committed to, to trying to lose the weight, not like a lot of people that come in here. He goes, I- I'm willing to put you on the schedule. So once I wanted to see another surgeon, then I was able to get on the schedule. But regardless, I got on the schedule. And uh, I had to wait three months from that cortisone injection. So uh, I had to wait into June. And I finally got my, my, my surgery date, went through all the pre-op stuff, stopped my medication when I needed to, went and got my pre-op x-ray, my pre-op blood work, my pre-op EKG, did all of that shit. Surgery day comes around, my wife takes me over there, um, dressed minimally so that I can dress comfortably coming home, I'm in my slippers. Uh, they do what they gotta do, they put the compression sock on my leg, they... They mark on my side where they're going to cut. Um, they, uh, they, they they start to knock me out. And the next thing I know, I'm coming to with my incision on my side. And I'm already asking questions. How did this go? How did that go? How did this go? So what did they do to me? They made about a four and a half inch incision on my right hip outside right hip so a posterior approach they went in and your hip uh joint is is as follows uh the 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 bone coming up through your thigh uh the top of it the bone itself is hollow and the top of it then angles uh and has this ball of bone on it that slips into uh, a socket on your lower torso uh skeleton and there's cartilage in there, and that makes up your, your overall hip component. They dislocated that, separated it, cut the cartilage out of the socket, reshaped the socket, put a prosthetic titanium socket in, held it in with cement. Surgical cement, obviously. They, didn't, they weren't mixing up mortar in a fucking wheelbarrow in, in, in the surgery room. Then the, 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 the part of the, the top part of the bone that's in your thigh that angles and then has the, the, the ball component, they cut that off, got rid of all of that cartilage, made sure that the hollow part of my bone was hollow enough, jammed a titanium rod down in that uh, hollow part of the bone, secured that with more cement, and then on top of that was affixed a new ceramic ball component. They then slipped that new ball component into that uh, titanium prosthetic uh, socket, moved everything around to make sure it's working properly, saw an image of it on the x-ray to make sure it looks proper, uh, and then sewed everything back up. In order to get to the hip, they had to slice through my skin, obviously, then my, uh, my muscles, then my tendons, and then they could start cutting everything out and replacing it with the new stuff. Um... So they then had to sew back the tendons, sew back the muscles, sew back the skin. And now I got to work all of that out through physical therapy to learn how to walk again and use those muscles again. But now my hip joint on my right side is made out of titanium and ceramic. it's, It's now 
this prosthetic thing. So, do I have pain? Yes, I do. But it's not the same pain that I had before. The interior pain from the arthritis is gone. That's, that's history. Now it's the post-op surgical pain. The pain from having your flesh cut into. The pain from having your muscle cut into. The pain from having your, your tendons cut into. That's the pain that I'm left with. That's all got to heal. And I've got to continue to do physical therapy. So I do physical therapy every day, three times a day. I, I do uh, a series of exercises that were given to me. Some I have to lay down to do. Some I have to sit in a chair to do. Some I have to stand to do. Once an hour, I need to make sure that I walk for several minutes. And a few times a day, I need to make sure that I sit down and put my feet up uh, as to uh, eliminate the swelling in my right leg. But that is what your boy is currently dealing with. Uh, a fully replaced right hip, uh, a fair to moderate amount of uh, post-surgical pain, uh, a slew of medications. I didn't know why. I got eight new medications after this fucking thing. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, and, a, and, and a physical therapist that comes to the house. Uh, they're coming to the house two days a week. I have a follow-up meeting with my surgeon on the 29th. It is assumed or anticipated that on the 29th, I will be, uh, they will remove, so I just had my, this week I just had my, uh, the dressing for the wound changed. Uh, it is believed that they will remove the dressing completely on the 29th, and I will then begin to operate dressing free. Uh, I still can't swim until it's completely scabbed over. Not a big deal. But I'll at least be dressing free, hopefully. Uh, and it is presumed that they will give me the ability to go back to sleeping on my side on the 29th. Knock on wood, sleeping on my back is a bitch. I ain't getting any sleep, folks. I'm not getting any. I am up and down all night long. I'm normally up a few times a night in order to go piss. Now I'm up a few times a night in order to piss and figure out how to get comfortable, which is a next to impossible task. And as a result, I'm keeping my wife up. When I do lay on my back, I've got the snorting, <laughs> that thing going on. And when I lay on my, uh, attempt to lay uh, on my, uh, even like a remote side lay, I'm just, I'm in fucking pain and I'm, I'm tossing and I'm turning... And then she's worried that I'm getting up. She's worried that I, I she needs to do something for me. Uh, and just full disclosure, she has been nothing shy of fucking amazing throughout the entire thing. Hey. I was able to survive on my own for a very long time, and I'm pretty confident that I could survive on my own once again. But I got to tell you something. Uh, she makes it very easy because she's there like Johnny on the spot. She took me there. Obviously, she's my wife. She brought me home. She's been caring for me ever since. Um, and I don't know what I would do without her, honestly. My kids have stepped up to the plate. 
uh, tremendously. My, my extended family has offered to step up to the plate. We've been able to handle it so far. I, I know she wants me to get back to a place where I can sleep again and be comfortable, and she doesn't have to worry about me getting out of bed. Uh, everybody wants me to get back to a place where I can drive again and I can, I can go to the store on my own and, and do certain things that I'm not allowed to do right now until I heal up and bone grows over this, uh, this uh, prosthetic hip that I have. But um, my support staff is next level. It's absolutely unbelievable, and it all begins with Renee. And all the stupid shit I've done to her over the years and the stupid shit I'm going to do because I'm going to do more stupid shit that's going to piss her off and make her want to leave me. Uh, I'm glad that she hasn't (laughs) because um, we need each other more than ever as we enter into these golden years of our life, our aging years, and, and I can only hope that I'm there for her as much as she's been there for me through all of this shit through all of it and and I'm just beginning to get procedures ladies and gentlemen uh, I'm going to continue to age and there's going to be there are going to be more procedures on the horizon uh, that I'm going to look to my right or to my left and go I'm going to need some help a- and I know she's going to be able to be there for me it, it helps tremendously it, it, it truly does. Uh, the boy, our, my, our 10-year-old son, is home for summer break. So he's home uh, most of the time, able to help me during the day if I need help. Uh, our 17-year-old daughter is working part-time. Our oldest daughter up here is working full-time, but she helps out in the evening when she can. My other daughter helps out when she gets home from work and when she's not playing softball. Um, it's been a collective effort, and... Uh, I owe it to all of them to bust my ass in my physical therapy to get myself back to where I need to be. It is just a bitch. It really is. It's uh, it, it hurts. It f- fucking hurts. But we're going to get through it. I'm, I'm going to do my physical therapy three times a day. I'm going to walk at least once an hour. I'm going to do what the fuck they tell me to do. I've been doing it so far. Um so that I can get back to it because I have lost a lot of time that I didn't have to lose I lost 15 months to this fucking hip pain at my age you don't have 15 months I got a daughter son-in-law and two grandchildren that are a six hour drive away from me I can't do six hours most times I need to be able to get through this physical therapy so I can. I got a son that I need to be able to keep up with who's only in fourth grade. And most times I can't. So I got to get through this physical therapy so I can. I got a, I got a, a high school graduation ceremony coming up in the near future. A couple of college graduation ceremonies. Hopefully, knock on wood, in the near future. I got shit to do I need to be able to walk so I thank everybody involved in this my orthopedic surgeon for finally agreeing to take me uh, as a as a 
as a subject here. Uh, his entire staff, which has been absolutely amazing uh, through all of this. My wife, my kids, my support system. Hey, There's no way in hell I would have gotten through this without them. And here's to hoping that that's the last piece that needs to be replaced. You know? We got to do some work here and there? Fine, let's do some work. We got we to gotta adjust here, nip here, tuck here, cut this off, whatever. This whole replacing parts things, though, whew, it's a bitch. It's a bitch. But I am looking forward to the end result. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to being able to get in the kayak. I'm looking. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to do. You want, you guys know me as being uh, as blunt as humanly possible. I'm looking forward to fucking without paying. Yeah, call me selfish. Call me sick. Call me twisted. Call me immoral. I don't give a fuck. I'm looking forward to fucking without paying. Okay, fifteen months. Of trying to fuck around pain. Fifteen months of me going, baby, you're going to have to hang it off the edge of the bed, all right? When I get up on the bed and get on my knees and assume that position, it just hurts like a motherfucker. You're going to have to hang that coochie off the side of the bed. We're going to have to do this old school. And it still fucking hurt like hell. I told my wife, prepare, prepare. I'm going to fuck that pussy up when I am pain free. I 15 months of this shit? Whoo, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. She might even get it twice in one night. Oh, he didn't say that. Yes, he did. He's 50 years old. He might be able to give her a double shot in one night. Why? He's pain-free, ladies and gentlemen. He's pain-free. That's right. Two loads just for you. Bagoo. Bagoo. I don't know. I doubt I'm going to go two loads. All I know is that first load is going to be pain-free. I know. Tom, this was going so well, and then you just took it off the rails. Why? Why do you do that? Why? Why does your brain work like that? I, I don't know, but it just does. And don't act like you don't like it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening. All right? A uh, couple of things to look forward to in the future, by the way. Uh, we held a fundraiser just before my surgery for Elevated Access, which is an organization of volunteer pilots that fly women to get uh, abortions when uh, travel is not really uh, disposable to them, as well as flying people when they can to get gender-affirming care. Um, according to the organization, I have absolutely no uh, ability to access this. Uh, they say that we raised seven thousand uh, dollars from the time we announced the fundraiser to the time the fundraiser ended. Seven thousand dollars. The goal was five. We raised over thirty-four hundred of the seven during the live. Uh, once we hit five thousand, I set a new goal of six thousand. And said that if we hit the 6,000, that I would let my my wife rainbow glitter my beard for a day. 
We hit the 6,000. We blew past that. So there's going to be a live event in the future when it's not 112 degrees outside because we got to do this on the deck. I'm not doing that in the house. In which my wife, uh, live on TikTok, will rainbow glitter my beard. I'm hoping that if Elevated Access still has their donation site up and running, uh, we can maybe throw that up there and see if we can't get them a few more donations uh, while my wife is defiling my beard with uh, glitter. But look for that live event coming up on TikTok in the near future. Um, I'd also like to do a live event uh, towards the end of summer uh, to do another giveaway. Um, I don't know of what. We'll work on something. We'll figure it out. Thank you to Ride or Die Ties for donating a shirt, uh, a tie-dye t-shirt known as the Tom Powell Jr. uh, to give away. I gave a couple of books away, uh, a a V-dub, a model of a V-dub bus, a throw pillow, uh, a couple of flasks, a one-hitter, a mug. Gave all kinds of shit away. I'm glad we could help. But look forward to the live in which I'm going to get my my beard uh, glittered, rainbow glittered, uh, no doubt. Uh, hopefully, it, 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 I, I, my pain goes down uh, relatively soon and the, the temperature cooperates so that we can get this done during Pride Month. That would be nice. Um, but guys, that's all I got for you this week. My hip is hurting me. My right foot's starting to swell up. I need to go do a little bit of physical therapy and put my foot up and enjoy the rest of this goddamn joint. Uh, so I thank you guys for listening. Once again, now that I'm back, we're going to continue to do, hopefully, regular uh, uh, broad, uh, podcast episodes moving forward. Uh, I don't see anything in the near future to disrupt that until we get down into August uh, and October, uh, when we're going to have some things going on on be out of the state for a period of time, whatever. We'll get into that shit later on. Uh, uh, once again, thank you for uh, tuning in. Don't forget to hit the website. Don't forget to subscribe to my Patreon. Buy yourself a shirt in my merch store. Order yourself a copy of my book. And make sure you tune in next week for another new podcast. And as always, until then, stay grateful.